The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, initial exam and consultation, just $25. Today. Today we're talking about oxygen. We all know that we need it, but first we're going to talk about what does oxygen actually do, what disease processes might be spurred from a lack of oxygen, but most importantly, natural ways to give yourself oxygen-rich blood. So that is what we're going to be talking about today, oxygen. That was one and we always talk about how we know we need oxygen. If we can't breathe, we die. But just talking about how a lack of it from a disease process, you know, even something like cancer. Um, but more importantly, if we know that we need oxygen to live and we don't have the proper amount of oxygen that's truly in our cells, what can we do to make that higher, right? Ultimately, our goal at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is getting people healthy and well. I talk, I talked to someone today who has um, been in the office for just a couple weeks. And she said, you know, I, I honestly feel better. She said, it's hard for me to explain. But overall, I feel better. And that's one where I kind of joke around with people a lot. Because we all have that negative friend who's like, well, don't don't see a chiropractor once. Once you see him once, you're gonna want to see him you got to see him for the rest of your life. And in my brain, I think, if I'm doing my job correctly, then the answer would be yes. Yeah, I'm very candid about that. Our goal is to get you well and keep you well for the rest of your life. Part of that is spinal, nervous system wellness, right? I talked to a patient uh, this week whose uh, sister-in-law just had back surgery. And this patient said, did you try everything? And she's like, yeah, I went to therapy twice. And I guess another family member said, wasn't that therapy for your knee? And she was like, yeah, it's like all the same though for sciatic pain, sciatic nerve pain. They just went right in, did surgery. I said, think about all the times that you have come in here. If you were to add up all the time over, and this has been a patient since 2012, right? So we're, we're talking about years and years and years. I said, if you added up all your chiropractic care, 
would that have equaled the cost of her back surgery? And she said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm like, and you didn't have to go through all this and you won't have to have another one. And, you know, it's true investing. So, but yeah, right? Don't eat a salad once because if you eat a salad once, you might have more energy, you might feel good. Probably want to eat salads for the rest of your life. Don't work out. You might sleep better. You might have more energy. And then you might want to, you know, work out for the rest of your life. And you're like, that's such garbage, right? Like absolute shenanigans that you're like, hey, don't do something that might get you well because you might want to do it for the rest of your life. So the people who say, hey, don't get adjusted once because then you'll want to get adjusted for the rest of your life. You realize that you're not supposed to be in pain. You're supposed to feel well. You're supposed to feel rested. You're, you're not supposed to be living this, oh, don't, don't do it. Don't try to get well once, because then you'll want to try to get well for the rest of your life. What, what kind of negative Nancy friend is that? Get rid of them. Throw them to the curb. That's wild. You should be around people who say, you know what? Yeah, let's go to the gym. Hey, do you want an accountability partner? Hey, yeah, let's have a salad together. We can do this. Yeah, you want people that are around you that want to get you well and keep you well for the rest of your life. Not the ones that are, you know, you know, oh, but th th and you know what else? Those are the people. Those are also the people who are like, yeah, but you want to go for surgery? No big deal. Want to, want to smoke a pack of cigs <laughs> people call do people still call them cigs i used to when i was in high school but i don't know maybe dated myself a little bit <laughs> right but yeah so listen at greenwood family chiropractic our goal is to get you well and keep you well for the rest of your life it is just that simple so if you're yep we'll help you if you just want fleeting pain we can help with that too right but inevitably our goal our long-term goal is to get you home, keep you all for the rest of your life. So before we talk about oxygen, let's talk news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's health in the news. Coffee may reduce risk of death from stroke and heart disease. Uh, as a mom of uh, three smaller children, this sparked my interest. <laughs> so drinking up to three cups of coffee a day may protect your heart, a new study finds. Among people with no diagnosis of heart disease, regular coffee consumption of a half of a cup to three cups. Friends, a cup is eight ounces. Like, not three giant 24-ounce Yetis. That's just because it's one cup. They're talking about actual cups. I just wanted to clarify. So 0 0.5, so a half of a cup to three cups of coffee a day, was associated with a decreased risk of death from heart disease, stroke, and early death from any cause when compared to non-coffee drinkers. The study presented um, was from the European Society of Cardiology, and they examined the coffee drinking behavior of over, ready for this, 468,000 people, almost half a million people who are participated in a UK study, which houses in-depth genetic and health information on more than half a million Brits. 
So it's another home run for coffee consumption. Studies have found drinking moderate amounts of coffee can protect adults from type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's, liver disease, prostate cancer, Alzheimer's, and more. When it comes to heart disease, a large analysis of data from three major studies published um, in April of 2021 found that drinking one or more cups of plain caffeinated coffee a day was associated with a long-term reduced risk of heart failure. Compared with people who didn't drink coffee, the April analysis found that the risk of heart failure over time decreased between 5 and 10 for 12%. So decrease between 5 and 12% for each cup of coffee consumed each day in two of the studies. The risk of heart failure remained the same for drinking coffee or one cup of coffee per day in the third study. But when people drank two or more cups of black coffee a day, the risk decreased by 30%. So they said the association between caffeine and heart failure risk reduction was surprising. Um, that came from the medical director, Dr. David Cow who is the Colorado Center for Personalized Medicine, University of Colorado School of Medicine. Coffee and caffeine are often considered by the general population to be quote-unquote bad for the heart because people associate them with uh, palpitations and high blood pressure. The consistent relationship between increasing caffeine consumption and decreasing heart failure risk turned that assumption on its head. So the study in April said that the benefit did not extend to decaffeinated coffee. Instead, the analysis found the association between decaf coffee and an increased risk for heart failure. My brain would likely think about that because of all the chemicals that typically come. A chemical extraction is how they produce decaf coffee, unless it's the Swiss method. The Swiss, me Swiss water method is typically one that does not use chemicals. So heart failure occurs when a weakened heart fails to supply the body's cells with enough blood to get the oxygen, this show about oxygen, needed to keep the bodies functioning properly. People with heart failure suffer fatigue and shortness of breath and have trouble walking, climbing stairs, and other daily activities. So uh, they said, while we're unable to prove casualty, it's intriguing that these three studies suggest that drinking coffee is associated with a decreased risk of heart failure and that coffee can be a part of a healthy dietary pattern if consumed plain, without sugar, and high-fat dairy products such as cream. So a bit of caution, they say, the studies on coffee are done only drinking black coffee. So adding dairy sugar flavored non-dairy creamers there's some oat milk that i found in the store that has rapeseed oil canola oil in it um so that can add a lot of calories sugar and fat which could negate coffee's heart health benefits uh they said in addition another caveat i said this earlier in most studies a cup of coffee is only eight ounces but the standard grande quote-unquote grande cup which would be a medium for the average part, is typically 16. So this is not three 16-ounce cups. So if you're looking at a large to be, you know, 20 ounces, that is what they're talking about, one large coffee. Um, again, how you brew it also can have effects on your health. Filtered coffee catches a compound called cafe stole that exists in the oily part of the coffee. There has been some research that says that that is uh, not as great for your cholesterol. However, if you use French press, 
um, Turkish coffee or you boil your coffee, um, it's not removed. And certain people need to be cautious about caffeine consumption. Uh, 2017 found that drinking more than four cups a day during pregnancy has been linked to low birth weight, preterm and stillbirths. Uh, people have problems sleeping. Finally, uh, coffee benefits don't apply to kids. <laughs> Even adolescents should not drink colas, coffees, energy drinks. You know what was really interesting? Um, right, so they put the little like caveat on it. Pregnant women, babies don't drink coffee. Um, that I always feel like people go to Mountain Dew because of the high higher caffeine rates. But I remember looking more recently at the caffeine contents in Mountain Dew, and I was not I was not impressed by it. Being pregnant made me, you know, they usually say uh, no more than 200 milligrams um, of coffee a day. But okay, so the caffeine content in Mountain Dew for a 12 ounce can, there's only 54 milligrams. 54 milligrams. Now, it's important to remember that Mountain Dew also contains that that same 12 ounces contains 46 grams of sugar, which is the equivalent to, you know, the average packet of sugar is about three and a half to four grams. So that's close to 12. <laughs> that's, that's close to 12 packets of sugar. So really, I don't think it's the caffeine that gets people moving. I think it's the sugar content. Because for example, if you were to talk, I know that oftentimes people will do, you know, Starbucks coffee. So if you look at a medium, right, a medium Starbucks coffee. So medium is 16 ounces. Um, a black one, 16 ounces. Oh, let's do 12. Let's do 12 since a tall is 12. And then a can of soda is also 12. So so a small coffee, black coffee at Starbucks is 270 milligrams, where a 12-ounce Mountain Dew is only 54. So people think that they're getting caffeine from, you know, sodas, and they're they're not. 270. So a small black coffee, I could not even do when I was pregnant because I could only do half of that. <laughs> like, because there's too much caffeine. I, you know, 200 is the maximum, so I try to stay under 150. So if that gives you any... um any idea of like the caffeine content same thing too if you were to look at a black coffee um a large black coffee from starbucks is is almost 500 milligrams so it's 475 so um you would have to drink nine mountain dews to get the same amount of caffeine as a large black coffee so be careful about your caffeine content but that being said you know it even talks about you know, the benefits are, are oxygenating. One, don't put, quit putting crap in your coffee. That's why coffee's not good for you. Two, make sure you get organic. Coffee beans are highly sprayed, so the toxicity level is incredibly high. You want to get even more fancy, you could do shade-grown and mycotoxin-free. It's mold-free. That's really what you want to look at. For me, too, we ground our own beans because I want those good, healthy oils coming out of the beans. That's something that I want, those uh, phytonutrients. <laughs> I remember learning in one of my uh, classes in chiropractic school that there's phytonutrients in coffee. I said, that's awesome. And they said, unfortunately, it's also in leafy greens, but the average American gets most of their phytonutrients from coffee. So 
Now, all things oxygen, how blood carries oxygen, disease processes that might thrive if you don't have enough in our cells and what to do to get more next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne. Just keep moving on. Just keep pushing ahead. Yeah, the new has come. All the old is dead. Just keep moving on. Keep your eyes on the prize. And that word in your heart. Yeah, it will be alright. We got that. We got that. We got that. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation is just $25. Today we're talking about oxygen. Which part of me, when I was thinking about the show, um, was when you're like, hi, you know what we need as humans? We need oxygen. It's kind of a no-brainer, right? Duh. What happens when you don't have oxygen? You die. (laughs) What happens when you have more oxygen? You live. Um, But when you actually look at what the body does, with oxygen, I think, I think this is what is really cool. So humans breathe approximately 432 liters of oxygen per day. And that oxygen helps the tissues in the human body function properly. The body needs approximately 352.8 liters of oxygen per day when the body's at rest. We as humans need oxygen to provide nutrients to all of the cells in the body. So this is something that we know is that if a tissue or cell goes without oxygen, then it begins to die quickly. For example, brain cells can only go without oxygen for three minutes before they begin to die. After three minutes of no oxygen, permanent brain damage begins to spread throughout the brain's tissue. Right? Um, so here's what's, here's what's kind of interesting about oxygen and ATP. So if you know anything about ATP, um, the human body, like our bodies, use ATP for energy for all of its cells and tissues. So uh, imagine ATP is like the battery, like the power pack inside of a cell. So cells must synthesize ATP that they need in order to function properly. And they do so in a lot of pathways. Each cell in the human body has the ability to create ATP during aerobic periods and during anaerobic periods. Aerobic means uh, with oxygen. Anaerobic means without. Um, so one of, the, one of the reactions that they actually use um, is one that uh, ions go into the mitochondria 
powerhouse of the cell, biology 101. Um, so the ions go into the mitochondria, into the cell, and utilize oxygen um, for electron transport chains. That powers the synthesis of ATP. So basically without oxygen, humans cannot synthesize enough ATP to keep their cells alive, right? So that's that's one thing. Um, another, when we look at um, why oxygen is so important. So remember, and I don't know if we really touched base on this, um, is that <laughs> oxygen will... Okay, we'll talk about it in a minute. So a healthy adult takes about 12 to 20 breaths per minute. Um, I thought that was another little interesting fun fact. 12 to 20 breaths per minute. Um, breathing through our lungs provides cells with oxygen. Make our brains work, our heartbeat. Um, all of our oxygen comes from breathing though, Right. So um, I always think this is really interesting. You know, so I went to the Olympics in 2016 to the Rio Olympics. And so I learned a lot about athletes altogether there. And this is one of the reasons why the Olympic Training Center is in Colorado. Because of the fact that um, the elevation is very, very high. And you should know if you ever travel to an area that's in a high elevation, it's really, really hard to breathe. And so what they do is it's it's actually a training mechanism that they use is that they train in uh, basically oxygen deprived air so that it forces their body to utilize that little amount of oxygen better so that when they go to compete elsewhere, it's typically not as high of an elevation. So then that way, their lungs, when you go back down where there's more available oxygen at lower levels, then their body actually utilizes that oxygen better. So I'm not sure if that's like a known fact or if that's a fun fact for you, but um, that is one when you're looking at like performance for muscles and um, athletes who want to you know, just overall, like body, better body functions that um, every function in our body is dependent on oxygen. It's just one of those things that they do to help utilize oxygen better. So again, I'm not sure if that's kind of a well-known stat or if that's kind of a fun fact for you. Um, but when we breathe in oxygen, we take in oxygen, and then this gaseous exchange happens and we breathe out carbon dioxide, Right. Our bodies are not meant to breathe back in carbon dioxide. So just want to throw that out there. The goal of our body is to breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. This is why with a lot of athletes that you see, if, you know, runners, track, um, so soccer, any, any physical activity that you put a mask on an individual and they pass out. The reason being is because when they're expelling carbon dioxide, they're rebreathing in that carbon dioxide and they have a lack of oxygen and that's why they pass out. So if you wanted to know. So, um, so oxygen's vital. It is vital for our cells, for body function, for strength. So the greater amount of oxygen, you know, the idea is that the better have the ability to function. Now, 
but but here's here's the problem with that is that I see especially over the course of time um, we're we're sedentary right so majority of individuals have desk jobs or kitchen table jobs now that you <laughs> um, but our bodies need oxygen. Our bodies need oxygen. I referenced this a couple weeks ago uh, and when I actually looked up and I, I made it clear that I wasn't sure the year, but I didn't realize how off I was on the year. So Otto Warburg, Dr. Otto Warburg is a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Um, and so he looked at his discovery was for, uh, was respiratory in nature. So Dr. Otto Warburg received the Nobel Prize in 1931. I thought it was the 70s. That was I was like four decades off. Um, but in 1931, for the discovery that unlike other cells in the human body, cancer cells cannot breathe oxygen. Cancer cells are anaerobic, which means that they derive their energy without needing oxygen. Right? Here's the here's the big thing. It turns out that cancer cells cannot survive in the presence of high levels of oxygen. Right? So this is where we always think like cancer cancer literally hates oxygen. That was his Nobel Peace Prize is that cancer cells cannot survive in the presence of high levels of oxygen. But then we look at you know, and we always think like cancer, yeah, cancer is just really common for people who get old. But I think about how long a body has been without oxygen. The older that you get, the longer it's been without oxygen. And yes, other people, um, children can get cancer and young adults can have, I understand that. Though that being said, what if we took the activity levels of the average, you know, 20 year old who's in the gym working out, but we put that where you are still 50, 60, 70, having an exercise routine or program, moving around, forcing oxygen into the tissues, what does that mean? What does that mean for your cells? So this is, <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's honestly like not, it's not just cancer either. There's other metabolic processes that just don't thrive with oxygen. One of my mentors Dr. Charlie Majors, got diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma. It's one of the most deadly brain tumors you can have. When they saw it on the MRI, they originally thought that it wasn't cancerous. When they went in for surgery, uh, the way that it bled, they realized it had. They accidentally cut his vocal cord, said he'd never be able to speak again, said chemotherapy and radiation won't even buy you any time. It'll just diminish the small uh, quantity of life that you have left. They said maybe two weeks to a month at best. And he was like, you don't get to choose when I go. God does. And one of the theories that he knew is that cancer hates oxygen. And so there are pictures of him, frail, 90 pounds coming out of his surgery, can't talk. And he asked the hospital for their exercise bike. And he would push those pedals as hard as he could which was the saddest thing, and he could only get 10 seconds. But he would do it as hard as he could for 10 seconds. And then he'd give himself like a 20-second break. 
And he'd do it again for 20 seconds. And then the week after, he did 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. And he just did whatever he could to try to force oxygen inside of his tissues because he knew cancer hated oxygen. And can I tell you that, you know, to this day, he is not alive, but he lived from what they gave to be less than a month. He lived seven years, had another child, regained all of his vocal strength back, and did cancer consults from, uh, from that time on because of his knowledge base. You know, we talk to people as like, germs don't get you sick, a poor immune system does, right? And so what if, you know, we have this thought process that we cut, we cut out cancer from the prostate or the breast tissue, but, but if we don't change the environment that cancer was allowed to grow, then cancer comes back, it just comes back somewhere else. So, you know, the goal is to say, hey, you big bad virus, or hey, you nasty abnormal cells, how do we make it so you as an individual becomes an unappealing host literally disease processes um you know bacteria virus they look at you and they say oof you're an unappealing host there's nowhere for me to live they move on like what if we did that and that's more of what when we come back I want to talk about is what can we do how can we get more oxygen to move inside of those cells next you're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne. Oxygen. It's our topic for today. We know about it, but how do we get more of it? You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultations, just $25. Today we talked about, you know, the duh, duh. Like, how important is oxygen? Really important, duh. But it's, it's, it's one of the mechanisms in our body that I feel like is really, really interesting. Um, so to get oxygen into our body, we breathe in and that's just all we think about, right? And most of the time it's, it's a normal, uh, but what happens is we breathe in air into our bodies through our nose and our mouth. That's the only way oxygen gets in at the nose air is warmed and moisturized. Then the air goes into the lungs where it gets into air sacs. The air sacs are surrounded by blood vessels, and that's where oxygen is passed into the bloodstream. The blood now has oxygen in it, and the blood travels to the heart to be pumped throughout the body. Right? So the human body is made up of small cells that require oxygen to function. So we have about 30 trillion cells in our body. Once the blood uh, that is full of oxygen reaches a cell, it drops off the oxygen, picks up a carbon dioxide waste that the cell has produced. 
the carbon dioxide is carried from the bloodstream back to the heart where the, uh, and then to the lungs, where it goes in the lungs and we breathe it out, right? We inhale about 17,000 times a day. Also, I just did the math on that and that is correct. <laughs> it seemed like a lot. I was like, I don't, 17,000 times. Um, and the heart pumps an average of, of hundreds of thousands of times a day. So you just think all of this process is working. So how do we get more? Um, first and foremost, <laughs> this is going to be an easy one. Uh, open your dang window, <laughs> get some fresh air, open your window, go outside, right? You think about, we do a, a car ride, like there's still oxygen in there, but it's the same that we keep on breathing. Fresh air is needed. Open your windows. Get outside. Get some actual fresh air. Uh, here's another really good one. And this too speaks to my component if you're just tuning in. Um, the health in the news today was about coffee. And I am especially a mom of small children. I'm a big proponent of coffee. Coffee without crap, number one. But then too, the problem is, is that we drink a lot of caffeine. Caffeine's a diuretic. So we push more fluid out of our cells. And while we're doing that, we're not properly hydrating. Well, you need water. The average person is so dehydrated. And they think because they drink fluid, not water, that hydrates them. And that is not true. Drinking water. In order to oxygenate and expel carbon dioxide, our lungs need to be hydrated and drinking enough water influences oxygen levels, right? So we lose on average about 400 milliliters of water per day. You have to, and that's not that's not the heat of summer. That's not if you work outside. It's not if you're playing a sport. It's not if you're working out. You have to drink more water. It helps with that oxygen carbon dioxide exchange. Um. Here's the other here's the other thing that I thought was um was really interesting when it comes to it uh vitamins right here is another one that you're just like well goodness didn't god just make our body so smart right didn't and he made all the food to provide for it what about vitamin a so vitamin A is critical to producing oxygen-carrying red blood cells, right? So your body constantly pumps through and replaces. If you're deficient in vitamin A, it can have an effect on your hemoglobin levels. So that blood um, can carry more oxygen the more um, good source of vitamin A food. So sources of vitamin A. Uh, red and orange produce. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story in a minute. Red and orange produce. Sweet potato, carrots, mango, pumpkin, butternut squash, uh, leafy greens such as kale. Uh, vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. What does that mean? You can overdose on vitamin A. It's hard. My first, I made his own food. Sweet potatoes, carrots, butternut squash. That kid lived by it and I remember being in church and they said hey did he have carrots this morning 
And I said, yeah, uh, I don't really know. He had it yesterday. Why is his poop orange? And they said, no, he's orange. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I looked and I was like, well, I'll be. His cheeks were orange. His palms of his hands and his feet were orange. Told my husband that day, I'm like, all right, we have, we've got to we've got to give him some different food. We've got to cycle through this. Like, <laughs> whoops, turned my kid orange. Who would have thought? Uh, you guys are gonna like this, right? You will like this. Take a vacation by the ocean, right? This might not be all the time, but again, I talked earlier about high altitudes make a difference in your blood oxygenation. So the higher up that you are, the less oxygen that there is. And so when you move like lower in terms of altitudes, below sea level. So for example, um, Mount Everest has an altitude of 29,000 feet. Oxygen percent is 6.8. Like so Mount Everest. Um, Ecuador is 9,000. So the oxygen percent there is 14.8. I traveled to Ecuador and they literally at the airport had some coca leaf tea because it helps with um, altitude sickness. Boulder, Colorado is, is 5,000. That's 17.2. Um, when you look at like, sea level, like Acapulco, it's 20.9. So you breathe in more oxygen when you're outside. It's like when you're just like by the beach and you're like, gosh, I just feel like I breathe better. And I, well, because there's literally more oxygen. That's why. Another one, too, that I think is, um, you know, especially in the winter, you don't want to air out your house. But when you're like, get fresh air, you know, we don't, we don't, we want to lock our houses up. Right. But then we have chemicals, whether it be from candles, washer and dryer, fabric softeners and washing detergents, aerosols and hairsprays and dry shampoos and all of the things. And they're sealed in. Right. Chlorine. If your water is naturally chlorinated because it's a city source, you know, that off gassing that you'll get from there. All of these things. But we lock up the windows to make sure no heat or uh, warmth or cold get out. It's a really great job. But then. You're just cycling through the same air. It's never getting fresh air. Now, here's another one that we're going to talk about. And exercise is the obvious answer, right? Exercise is the obvious answer. Though that being said, I'm talking more about HIT training, high-intensity interval training. HIT training is like uh, sprinters versus marathon runners, Right, marathon runners are moving, you're moving, you're moving, and you're breathing, and your heart rate is up. But I'm talking about doing that 30 seconds on as hard as you can. You literally can't breathe. Your maximum target heart rate, um, you know, is between 90 to 95 percent. You can barely, and what it's literally doing when you do that is it's forcing oxygen inside of the cells, right? You are pushing your body so hard that it is gasping and craving and desiring, right? Like, oh gosh, air. It is fighting to get that in there. So, but it has to be, and it doesn't have to be a long time. It does not have to be a long time. 
Um, but get back into that high intensity interval training. Chlorophyll. Another one to get more oxygen inside of the cell is chlorophyll. So chlorophyll is uh, plant blood. <laughs> Sounds kind of gross, but um, chlorophyll is um, part of the the dark leafy greens. So spinach, broccoli, kale, mustard greens, spirulina, chlorella, barley grass, blue green algae. Um, but chlorophyll strengthens the blood producing. Um, organs it prevents anemia and the reason being is because it gives the body abundance of oxygen um b12s so b9 and b12 again another one uh b9 folate not folic acid go home and look not folic acid needs to be folate helps your body make red blood cells which are the iron-rich cells that carry oxygen to your blood, B12 helps you make hemoglobin. And that's the protein that contains oxygen-carrying iron. So again, dark leafy greens. Listen, you can you can do a max greens. We have a max greens powder in the office that's berry flavored. <laughs> Someone says it tastes like earthy. And I was like, yeah, they're greens. Like, what do you, did you, you think it tastes like a berry smoothie? Like it's berried flavored greens the greens it's what it is another one too that is um maybe not um increasing oxygen capacity but this is a very very interesting research study okay so increasing cerebral blood flow so this comes the original article was published in 2019 um journal of brain circulation so as you can imagine it's incredibly interesting (laughs) uh so it talks about increase in cerebral blood flow indicated by increasing cerebral arterial area and pixel intensity on brain magnetic resonance angiogram following correction of a cervical lordosis big one what does it mean right so let's break it down so basically they took the um a group uh, and they looked at patients. So your cervical lordosis is your cervical curve, right? We talk about it a lot. You should have a curvature in your neck. And it was measured. It was measured on x-ray. And what they did is uh, following that, they did a brain MRA. So it's a little bit different than an MRI. Um, an MRA looks at blood flow. So they were analyzed for intensity representing blood flow. Um, the results found that, and this is one of the specialties of what we do in the office. You can go to the chiropractor your whole entire life and never get a curve back in your neck. This is often why most chiropractors might take x-rays to start with, but they'll never do follow-up. So think about that. If you originally had x-rays, when was the last time you had them? They said it's so important that we need to take them. And then when's the next time they take them? Or they just say, oh, yeah, you're good. Does your spine change? Does it stay the same? Like, and that's what the structural correction, our specialty at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, that's exactly what we do, is we look on restoring the natural structure to the spine. And here's one of the reasons why we say, hey, a cervical curve is important. Here's exactly the, the reason why. The results indicated that as you correct the cervical lordosis, right, as you correct it, it is associated with an immediate increase through cerebral blood flow. 
They literally found that as you increased that curvature in your neck, it immediately increased the blood flow to your brain. Now, now that you know all of the things about oxygen, why would it be important that you had more blood flow to your brain? Let me explain. Blood is what carries what? Oxygen. Oxygen and nutrients. Your blood carries oxygen and nutrients. So they said why this was so magnitudinal of a study is that as you start to increase that cervical curve, there was an increase to blood flow to your brain. They are finding that a lot of neurodegenerative diseases, Alzheimer's, dementia, are actually um, can be from chronic hypoxia, a lack of oxygen. So something as simple when people say, oh, don't get adjusted once, you have to get adjusted for the rest of your life. What if you were increasing the curvature in your neck that increased blood flow, oxygen, and nutrients to your brain? Do you think that that would be important? How long? How long would you want additional blood flow and oxygen flowing to your brain? Right? <laughs> How important is it? Because I, I can tell you that with a loved one who's going through some of those neurodegenerative diseases now, all of those things, we can't go back. We can't fix and just get a cervical curve and say, hey, now, now you can do all of the things that you did before, right? So but what if you started now? Or what if you knew in your adolescence or when you were 21 and you got in that car accident and you lost the curve in your neck or you... Um, sleep on your stomach all the time, you're at a desk job, right, that your chin is tucked all the time. And we know you have a job like you're in dentistry and you've lost the curvature in your neck. Does it feel like your brain is being starved? No, but why is it that when you start to restore that patients in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic say, oh, I just feel better because there's more oxygen that's literally going to the brain. Journal of Brain Circulation published uh, 2019, 5, 5 issue 1, blood flow to the brain. So this is this is what we're talking about, right? When you talk about a need, a need for oxygen, there's a need for a nerve supply. And that, that is truly what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. I said at the beginning of this, and I'll say it all day, every day, our goal is to get you well and keep you well for the rest of your life. We want to be the ones that fight in your corner, whether it be a season, um, you know, sometimes we go through easier health seasons than others, but our goal is to be there and help navigate as much as we possibly can. Our goal is to get you well and keep you well. But the great thing about your health is it's your choice. So my biggest recommendation is you got to be proactive on it. Don't wait till it's gone to think it's important because oftentimes at that point, it's too late. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can just go online to schedule an appointment. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week. But always remember that your power is on.